Being an expert sucks. As a teacher of spiritual intelligence and emotional health, I get cornered into being the guy who has all the answers. I'd like to take this opportunity to make a confession. I don't. What I do have are convictions. I have theories. I have questions. I find myself looking around and I'm like, we can't stay here. Stop setting up your tent. We can't stay here. Through my journey, it's become evident that being a participant is no longer enough. It's time to become reformers. These are my confessions. To get deeper in this conversation, visit MikeMayashiro.com. All right, guys, welcome to my podcast. Uh, there's been a few different reasons as to why I decided this should happen. I've actually been, been having people tell me for the last couple of years that I should start a podcast. You need to start a podcast. It might have been three or four years, actually. And the idea of doing a podcast actually felt overwhelming. Like the technicality behind it, I was like, I don't know what it would take. The hosting, the microphone, the, people seem to be really nitty gritty about what this is supposed to look like. So I just put it off for a while. I noticed a couple of things that are coming to fruition now in my life. I put off for a couple of years because it felt intimidating to try and do it which is funny because I'm actually an executor. I tend to just move on stuff pretty aggressively the moment I decide I'm going to do it. Um, so the podcasting thing is something I've been avoiding for a while. So here we are. And I kind of want to, my goal behind this is one of my agendas in this podcasting experiment um, is I want this thing to be unedited. I don't want to have my team come in and cut out the awkward things that I say or the things that are inappropriate. I want that stuff to be in there. Um, I want this to be more of an authentic, almost like a confessional. Like I'm stepping into a box with a priest on the other side and I'm just kind of like she's venting and sharing unedited. This is going on. This has happened. This did happen. This I think is going to happen or whatever. Not that I want to get into ugly, weird stuff. That's not the point. It's more just I want it to be an authentic, vulnerable sharing of a journey. And I actually don't even know what to call this thing yet. So even with that whole approach, I am going to do some beta testing on this and you know the focus of this podcast might change at some point i just need to do it you know and so i don't even want to call it anything necessarily yet what i have in my mind right now currently is um i want to call this basically something like confessions of a reformer um and i don't want to put that label on myself to try and like ascend to a status that i you know deem esoteric and like desirable i'm not really looking for that it's more it feels again like a confession i felt like a reformer most of my life in many areas that I've been in, cultures, environments, I've always been somebody to bring something to the table that wasn't there, to ask questions, to propose different things. And so those that lifestyle and attitude and posture has produced a lot of different things in my life, which is where we are. And I want to kind of go back on some of this. Um, so I'm going to just share a bit about what I've got going on in my world currently, just to, for anybody who's new to this, to just get an idea of like the things that are on my plate that we're juggling. Um, I'm going to say we and our and us a lot because it's not just me. Obviously, I'm I'm a person and I've started all this stuff, but like I've got people in my world who are running with me who have said yes to things and we're building stuff together. It's not just me. So if it says, if I say we or us or whatever, I'm talking about my team and my community, the culture that I'm building this with. Um, but obviously there's an origin story here. So I wanted to take a moment. I want to take a moment to go back for a few episodes on just kind of creating that origin story and putting it in one place. So it's somewhere that people can go to, to just hear, how do we get where we are? How did we, how did I, you know, get where we are? How do we get here? What was, what happened? And why do these things matter? And why are these other things not there or whatever? So I just kind of wanted to almost set the record straight. All the rumors that are going around. I'm just kidding. There aren't rumors really. There might be. Anyway, that's not the point. I just want to have a place where that can land. Okay. So I want to start with, 
Um, first of all, what's on the docket right now? So currently, I have a few different businesses that I own and I'm running. And I guess a ministry, that's probably the, the right proper term for that. Um, although I'm a little bit averse to trying like to getting pigeonholed into that industry, if you will. Anyway, um, so I just want to give you guys a bit of a layout of what's going on currently. So I've got a team of six spirit coaches um, that I've personally mentored and trained to work with people on diagnosing and identifying spiritual agreements in their life and helping them disrupt the way that evil has come in to steal from them and sabotage what they're supposed to be experiencing and then how do they realign with the truth so that freedom can be their experience. <clears throat> and so that's a you know, obviously a, a part of my life that I'm super passionate about. I love that we do that. I don't personally take a ton of clients anymore um, just because legitimately the amount of energy that it takes to work with people in this capacity is intense. And I'm going to talk about energy at some point in this because that has become such a topic of my like a necessity to navigate and um, manage. It's been such a, an interesting commodity that I've had to become really intentional with. So anyway, hence the, co the partner coaches and working together in that respect. Um, I have a student housing community that I started and am running and have, again, a team there that's helped me run that. So actually my sister and her husband, my brother-in-law, are basically running that. Um, and I'm like the grandpa overseer, financier, legal guy with it, but they're kind of on the ground running it with um, their two interns, Ian and Haley, at the recording of this. Uh, which is basically a community of students who've come to Reading to be part of BSSM. It doesn't, they don't have to be BSSM students, but m the majority of our tenants are students at BSSM. And the whole premise behind this was wanting a place for students to come, not just do supernatural ministry, but learn how to do life together. Like, I'm not impressed if you can do miracles and prophesy and hit words of knowledge if your roommate hates you. You know what I mean? Like, if you can actually do relationships and, like, do intimacy and be honest and celebrate and connect and... Whatever. So um, the whole premise behind why I got involved in that world and why that's still a thing is because I have such a huge value for authenticity and walking out the values that we say we believe in and like want to uphold, but don't actually like have the fruit for it. Right. So I wanted, wanted to teach people how to do this well in their home, like where the rubber meets the road and it's like really close and intimate. Right. I remember I was 19 in the shower at my apartment. I had a few different roommates and I was kind of new to like living in that kind of a space. And I was like, I want to teach people how to do this because my roommates like didn't know how to do life together very well. I was like, what the heck? So I had to like start being more intentional and like try and provide some guidance and structure on what living together should look like. Not out of like, not trying to tell them what to do, but more like, hey, what if we went this route? What if we managed things in this way just to see more life come from this agreement of living together rather than us just surviving a space together, right? And so from there, this dream and this desire kind of birthed in my heart and I like dreamed about it. I didn't ever actually think it was going to happen. I just was like, that'd be really cool. Maybe one day down the road. I don't know, maybe. And then here we are, you know, years later, that's definitely a thing and it's awesome. Anyway, so there's that. Um, We've got, let's talk about Numa culture for a second. You know what? I'm going to leave that one for last. Um, I've got a product brokerage business I also own. So I do some online business and basically connecting people to products that are exclusively branded and legitimately like things they're looking for, things they're already spending their money on, but just better value, better quality, better experience. So that's another piece of my world that I don't know that I talk about a lot in this arena because in my mind, that industry is just totally separate. It's not totally, but in a lot of ways, it feels separate. Um, but there's that, which that has become a pretty substantial income stream in my life, which I'm grateful for. It has definitely helped fund things that I want to do that I, you know, needed to not have a job to do. Um, another big piece of all this is I teach in Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. So I teach a class called Discerning Spirits and another class called No Longer I. 
Um, discerning spirits is on the gift of discernment, the ability to separate what's happening in the spirit realm. Um, there's a, I have a really intense approach to that where I want it to be practical. I want it to affect our day-to-day life. I don't want it to just be theoretical or, you know, how do you tie up principalities over a nation and put it in a box and send it to hell? I don't care about that as much. I want people in their day-to-day life, in their relationships, in their job, in their routine, in their intimacy with God, can they actually separate what's in effect in their life in that moment, what's operating, and recognize the Lord from anything else and say no to anything else, always, in every way they're capable of doing that. Um, and so that's the approach of discerning spirits. Um, I think I like to pride myself on how practical it is. I don't want it to be just like a fluffy, sound good, speak the jargon, but not actually change experience. I want it to be something that actually impacts people's day-to-day life where if, you know, when they take my class, the way they think about their life when they leave has changed. That's not the goal. It's just, to me, that's like a symptom that we're going in the right direction. I want people to be able to do stuff with what I'm teaching them. Um, that's the prag- the pragmatist in me, but also the entrepreneur. I love working with business people because they're always looking for solutions, answers, results. They want to do stuff with what they're given. They don't want to just have theory. They want to execute. They need it to work. I love that. I think that's very biblical. I think that Jesus taught his disciples to think and act this way. And James is obviously huge on that. Don't just have faith. Like you need to do stuff with this. Like show me, I'll show you my faith with my works. You know what I mean? Don't just tell me you believe something. If the actions aren't showing up, if the results aren't there, I'm kind of wondering if the faith's even there to begin with, right? Love that. Um, okay, anyway, so there's that. And my class has grown quite a bit um, in the BSSM environment to the point where it's like one of the more sought after um, advanced ministry training classes to take. And from that, then my interns have the intern pool that I've been working with has continued to refine and increase. And so I've been taking interns through BSSM for the last four years now. And from the onset of me taking interns till like season four is what we call it. Um, the majority of the people I've worked with are still on my team today. So I currently have six, technically six third year students working with me through the system. Now I have one volunteer whom I treat just like every other intern in my mind, there's no difference. And then Mika has two interns that she's working with who are in my mind. Again, there's no difference. I've got, so basically I've got nine interns I'm working with. And then on top of that, um, I think there's a total of 20 of us right now. Um, a couple of people since we started have, you know, moved on with their lives and gone other directions. But the majority of us, I think probably a total of 25 people, 20 of us are still running together doing this thing. Um, and so that's a, actually a pretty significant piece of my world. I don't know that I meant for that to happen. It just has kind of become a thing. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm grateful for it. And it's actually fascinating to watch this thing unfold because knowing what I was like as a kid and things I was dreaming about, it's really intriguing to me to watch what's happening in this season with these people and remembering things that I used to like, envision when I was younger as a, like a radical follower of Jesus and thinking how I was going to impact and change the world. There are things happening now that I'm like, this actually feels very golden threaded. You know what I mean? It feels very connected and like providential and intentional. So anyway, I'm continuing to just take notes and pay attention. Um, and I think one of the things I want to definitely make happen on this podcast, I want to be intentional about this is, um, as I've been a Oh, so I guess I also travel and speak. So I travel, you know, all over the world, which sounds so dramatic. I hate saying that because I feel like people won't believe me, <laughs> but it's true. I travel to other countries and, you know, other places in the States, preaching the gospel, teaching on spiritual intelligence, emotional health, the dis- discerning of spirits, leadership. I also teach on entrepreneurship and business as well. Um, but anyway, in that, uh, I've noticed over the last few years, I've gotten into this posture of having to be an expert. Not that I had to be, but people kind of 
end up approaching you that way and you actually feel like you're not serving them by trying to get off the pedestal they've shoved you up onto. It feels like if I work at trying to get off of it, I'm going to waste most of our time and connection just trying to convince them I'm not an expert than actually just trying to help them with where they're at, right? So just out of default and I think sheer survival and practicality, I just kind of accepted being hoisted into that position that actually does kind of mess with you a little bit. So I think I want to take a moment and confess on that piece. Um, Being somebody who got shoved into influence and having a public platform and being able to speak to many different people in many different cultures with that posture of reverence where they're looking to me for answers. And then when I say it, it matters as opposed to the person next to me. Um, I don't resent that. I don't not appreciate or accept or receive that place of influence, but there's a status and an attitude that gets put in, into it as well that I actually, I feel like I'm allergic to and it's not healthy. I don't want to ingest that. And so I've just been having a bit of a wake up call in the last few months of just realizing this is a thing in my life. I don't know if it's just in my life, but it's definitely in mine where that expert thing is starting to get in the way and it's starting to like prevent me from being able to move as fast or be as deft about what I want to move into as I want to be. Um, because when you have the expert status on you, you all of a sudden have to like, I don't know, be really self-conscious about certain things you don't really care about. And that starts messing with your personality and the way that you're able to express yourself in a public forum. And I don't want that to get into the way. I don't want to lose who Mike is in this context um, for the sake of accepting someone else's judgment of who I am or what I'm like. You know what I mean? That doesn't feel worth it to me. It actually feels impractical and unproductive on some level. Um, I'm not saying there's not a place for something about that, but there's something in it too that I'm like, yeah, this doesn't belong here. So anyway, um, in this podcast, I want to not be seen as an expert and you guys might do that to me. That's okay. I'm not going to stop you. It's, I just don't want to put on that hat and I don't want to try and cater to that persona. I don't want to be that guy. I think at the end of the day, I would actually like to approach this as an adventurer, as a fellow discoverer, an explorer, right? Someone who's kind of just venturing into an unknown territory, unknown land, an uncharted place where we've never been here before. I'm very like drawn to the edge of the world. I'm very interested in pushing the envelope, not for the sake of being countercultural or rebellious. Like I don't know that I have a huge value for that. I more just want legitimacy. I want authenticity. I want the real deal. Um, and so with God, and we're talking, we bring God into the equation as if we could ever remove him from this as we're exploring what life is, what ministry is, what business is, what relationship is, what community is like, we're going to talk about all this stuff. I don't necessarily want to just push the envelope for the sake of progress. I want to push it for the sake of growth and for the sake of having the actual thing being our experience and value. And one thing that I've noticed with tradition and culture that I resent is the conformity piece that ends up being pretty inauthentic. It feels fake and manufactured and programmatic. And it all often feels like the reason we uphold certain values in practices that we've been hand that have been handed down to us is we want to please other people. We want people to think a certain thing about us. We want to fit into something. We want to control the outcome of how we choose to participate in a given arena. I hate that. Not that I don't do it or that it doesn't happen to me sometimes. I get it. I, I don't, I'm not unsympathetic toward that. I don't, I don't not understand why we do it. I just think it sabotages real life. It sabotages our ability to be childlike, to be curious, to explore wonder and to grow and to have the freedom that we need to actually move as quickly and as transformatively as we're supposed to in this journey we call life. I don't like how that conformity piece comes in and inhibits our ability to actually transform. It's super annoying. It gets in the way. And I think at the end of the day, the thing that bothers me the most about it is it steals from our ability to be intimate with our father, with God. It like 
takes away from what he should be allowed to enjoy with us because we've been occupied by these things that are fake, that are to serve people. Like, ugh, man, right? You know, like this fear of man thing. Anyway, so I guess that was a long dissertation on, I want this whole approach to be somewhere where I can just come here and like talk about what's happening and not be seen as a leader, not be seen, and not that I can just put that away. I understand there's a thing that I don't really have a choice in. That's fine. But I want to be able to talk about this like a kid, like a bro, like a fellow, fellow, like a fellow journey, journey person. <laughs> There's a word for that. You know, like a fellow explorer, just like the rest of you guys are, at least that I hope that you are. I hope that you haven't arrived at a place and settled to the point where you're not actually open to new and to more and to expansion. Like, I don't want to ever get to that place. And I don't think any of us should. I think it's actually really unnatural to arrive at a place in your life where you don't need to learn anymore, where there's nothing in your life that needs to change. Not that changing is what needs to be happening all the time, but that growing and having relationship and adjusting according to the pursuant love that's coming toward us. Like I want to continue to be willing to pivot and change to make more capacity for him to come in and move and take and be and not that he ever takes, but you know, like for God to have what he wants in my personhood, in my experience, in my resources, in my impact, I want to continue to be willing to adjust to him because he's breathing, because he's alive. He's moving. He's not just a static idea that just tries to give you a bullet point to establish in stone in your brain that you live with for the rest of your life. Those things get established, but he's continuing to go somewhere. Like one of the things that I think is pretty um, telling of a brand that I'm maybe unintentionally building here is the truth is a person meaning he's alive. Like truth is not a set of principles or ideas that we just uphold. Like, yeah, there's somewhere in that, that that makes sense. And that's a thing, but it's not contained in that. Like truth is moving. He's emotional. He has an agenda. He's doing something. And so in our relationship with the truth, it's not a static. I adhere to these set of beliefs and practices that might be somewhere structurally to help support what we're doing. But at the end of the day, the heart of this is I have an intimate relationship with the nature of truth himself and he moves me and we negotiate things and he's always right <laughs> but obviously there's an exchange here and there's a place where I get to willingly and um triumphantly sacrifice and lay down things that I thought had value when he shows me something better when he reveals to me the depth of what's actually going on and that I recognize and, and pay tribute to the fact that he's right, that he's authoritative and that he's worthy of my trust. And so as that continues to unfold and expand, I hope that I continue to change, not to not be Mike, but to continue to express more of who Mike has always been. You know what I mean? And I hope that's true for all of us. So anyway, my point in that is I feel like having to be a leader, having to like cross every T and dot every I for everybody and not offend anyone is a waste of my time. It feels exhausting. It doesn't feel worthwhile. And so I'm probably going to say stuff on here. I, I guess, let me say this. I'm going to confess this. I hope I say stuff. I hope I'm willing to say stuff on here that I know will be misinterpreted, will be misunderstood, might be offensive to people. And I hope that I say it anyway. Not because I want to be misunderstood, not because I want to offend anybody. I don't want things to be confusing, but I do want to get after the thing that's there. And I don't want to let the things that we have to like hold on to in order to feel safe and have control over stuff to prevent us from getting to that place. I'm totally willing to throw away the bricks and the mortar and the whole like building structure if he has something better for us, if he's doing something else, if he's building something else, I'm willing to let not to not live in a house right? If he's starting to teach us how to live in clouds, like I'm willing to negotiate that and figure out how to work with those materials and let go of having to have a brick and mortar situation. You know what I mean? Conceptually. And so I guess that's my point in, in that is like, I would like to have the freedom. I guess I want to publicly give myself permission <laughs> 
to not have to know everything, to not have to be specifically accurately, completely right about stuff and still be able to move forward. And I guess I want to extend that grace. I want to ask for that grace to be extended to me, to my team, to everything we're working on, that we would have permission to explore, to take risks, to experiment, to get it wrong, to fail. And that it'd be okay. That it's not a deal breaker. And that all of a sudden, like, well, if we have to like amend something or adjust or course correct, that that's actually tolerable. No, that it's, celebrated that we could champion that because we're alive you know what i mean and life moves and grows you don't get mad at a tree for shaping a certain way according to its environment like we're not upset about that in fact sometimes it's pretty fascinating sometimes it's gross and looks weird right it's like unpleasant to look at but sometimes it's really intriguing but either way i think what we're observing in that when we see trees or plants kind of adjust to structures around them is that that's how life is right like it moves and it it adapts. Not that truth ever changes. His nature never changes. But there is this thing about us being on a journey and getting to figure out what's going on and like making choices there and demonstrating what we believe and like what we are faithful to, what we want to have hold our loyalty and what we're willing to give up in order to maintain intimate connection and handholding with the guy who set all this emotion in the first place. Right. So um, I guess I'm going to basically end with this. This podcast, I hope is a little bit messy. I hope it kind of messes with people a little bit. That's again, that's not the point. I'm not going to try and mess with anyone, but I imagine some of the things that my team and I are getting into and want to explore might feel a bit quote unquote messy. I don't mean heretical. I don't mean dangerous. I mean, maybe unfamiliar, maybe a little bit foreign, maybe vocalized and like articulated in ways that we haven't heard before. But I, I hope that happens. I would like to access different pathways in the way in our minds and the way that we conceive of and explore who God is and what he's doing in the world. I want to go there. And so I actually do encourage specificity in my environment because I want people to be nice and clear about what they're actually saying and what they're not saying so that we can move forward on things and actually bond in a sense of ownership to the thing we think we're picking up, that there's a commitment to that, right? So anyway, um, I guess this is episode one of this whole thing. Let's get this party started. I want to get into the origin story of how did we get to this place that I'm now calling Numa Culture. Like we haven't talked about that yet. I'll talk about it in my next episode. But anyway, you guys, thanks for joining us on this, joining me, me and us. Thanks for joining us on this thing. Um, I'm excited to see where this is going to go, and I hope that we've got some things we need to work out together because we've opened some worms that need to be looked at. Listen, there's more where this came from. If you want to see how deep this rabbit hole goes, check out MikeMyashiro.com.